Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts, and the format is conversation. We're having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So subscribe today. Take 20 minutes and hear from people living in your community who are making a difference in your community. It's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Batalden, uh, the uh, Assistant Director here at Continuing Education Workforce Training. And uh, I have a host, a guest host, or not a guest host. I have a co-host with me today. Paul, yes. how are you? Yeah, I know. I was missing the last episode. Um <laughs> Sorry about that, Jason. Hey, it's no it, big it, deal. It just, you know, the apprenticeship program, you know, who, which I, um, the coordinator have started up and it's just been a kind of hectic and I'm sorry to leave you hanging last, last time. No, no, no. And in, in fact, I, you know, I guess I just kind of want to put a, can I just put a little shout out for your apprenticeship program, Paul? Sure. Um, you know, we got started. Uh, registration ended in uh, began in uh, September. Um, we're kind of coming to the last few days that uh, you'll probably take someone in the program. But um, you know, our program is going great. Uh, there's a, str- a huge need in Southeast Idaho, if not statewide, if not nationwide, for um, skilled trade professionals. And uh, Paul, I got to tell you, your program is putting forth the effort to meet that need. And um, if any of you have any questions about apprenticeship programs uh, in the HVAC, um, AC program, in the electrical program, and in the plumbing program, please get a hold of Paul because there is a big need for professional trained professional journeymen in each of those programs. And Paul, uh, you're doing your effort to supply those guys and gals busy busy time of the year um, yeah <laughs> you know school starts always always busy um and uh you know it's seeing a, a whole bunch of new fresh faces in the program um and uh, i you know it's a four-year program so i'm going to actually be able to establish um, some good relationship with these um, right people who as they go through for the next four years right on hey we got another exciting announcement uh we nailed down the date for the upcoming emerg- emergency medicine conference um, and that date is April 28, 29, and 30, April 20 of 2022. Uh, registration for that conference conference opens up in March. Uh, so be sure to check out our newsletters, our website, our Facebook page, um, and get, um, get your name on the list to receive updates and notifications of who our um, speakers and presenters will be and the topics covered. And be sure to, to get your registration in if um, you do that. And we also like to say for those in the uh, healthcare professional field, uh, there are contact hours available through attending this conference. So that's a huge uh, uh, focus as well. So uh, just put that again, April 28, 29, 30 of 2022, uh, Emergency Medicine Conference right here in at ISU. So yes. Yeah, right it was on. a good one last year. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm sure reach out to other people who joined us last year. They'll tell you what a, what a uh, successful event it was last year. Absolutely. Now, we have an exciting guest on the show today. 
Um, and I'm kind of excited to introduce her. Her name is BJ Stensland, and she is the executive director at Aid for Friends here in Pocatello. And BJ, welcome to the show. And our guests and our listeners know that when I say welcome, that means the timer started. So please introduce yourself, BJ. Okay. Um, as you mentioned, my name's BJ, and I've been with Aid for Friends um, quite a few years. Uh, I actually joined in 1998, and I became the executive director in 2007. All right. So on. I have seen a lot of the ebbs and flows of our agency. Um, it was uh, started in 1983-84 because um, a man died out in our community and another man um, lost his foot to frostbite. And so our community, it's Aid for Friends started as a very grassroots uh, organization, just a volunteer. Um, how can we keep people from being out in the, the elements and in the cold in the winter? Mm -hmm. And so I joined it after been around for 15 years and uh, I've been able to see a lot of changes, a lot of growth. Uh, we've expanded our services and our programs. Um, and as I hope, I hope everybody in Pocatello knows, we have a brand new um, emergency shelter for our homeless adult individuals and households with children and couples. Right so that has been uh, a huge effort last four years. Right on. So that's a relatively new service uh, or in the regards to, or is it just the facility? Uh, and I'm talking, you know, families, um, single people, as well as couples is it, it, yeah. being able to expand across the board. I had you had, uh, were you limited a little bit in what you could provide prior to, probably that, that new um, emergency shelter that you were able to create? No, we okay. have actually the old shelter on South 4th and Carter had that same population. Okay. But it was an old building. I mean, I'm grateful we had it. It helped yeah, sure. thousands of people sure. over the years, but it was very small. We outgrew it probably 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> and, and we did serve that variety, single okay. men, single women, um, couples, and then families with children. So Very cool. our new facility has just increased the capacity Very good. Um, and given us a lot more amenities than we ever could have had, one of which is it's all on one floor. Oh, nice. So, uh, the old yeah. building, it was actually three stories, a basement, main floor, and an upstairs. And it was just very hard, not only for clients, but also our community to know how to connect with our staff. And now you walk in into a lobby and you have a front, uh, face right there ready to greet you. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's it's. It's a wonderful facility that we have. I'm very pleased. Very good. Very good. So kind of just on that, on that same conversation about the services you provide, um, just can you kind of give us a scope of the need that you are kind of, uh, that you are addressing 
uh, in the southeast Idaho. First of all, geographic region, uh, Pocatello, Chubbuck area, or I mean, does you take anyone who shows up? Okay. All right. Um, we serve a full continuum of care. So it starts as the urgent need of immediate shelter. Okay. And we serve technically seven counties in Southeast Idaho. Wow. But if anyone comes, they could come from another state sure. or another part of the state, um, we accept them. So it's not, oh, you're not in our county or our region. Um, we include anyone that comes to us that um, meets eligibility. So um, you're serving um, the Pocatello area for the homeless in the area, and that includes single men, single women, and families. Um, and we're now we're starting to go into the winter months. I mean, is, is um, your services, does it change seasonally? Do you find that there's more need as we go into the winters or, um, or is it just, it, could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, it used to be very seasonal and you could see um, in, in the summer, of course, people weren't um, worried about the cold. So a lot of people do camp out. They might find their own places to stay or they're comfortable staying in a car. So wintertime does, especially in Southeast Idaho, it poses a threat to their safety. And then we also used to see people coming through Pocatello um, that would go to other areas farther north, seasonally moving to uh, jobs uh, and then come back in the fall. And we don't see that as much. And we don't see the people uh, coming from trains like we used to because uh, Union Pacific has upgraded their, their security and hopping trains is not as easy. So though that perception of we get people that have just come off the train is not true anymore. At one time it was, um, but yeah, we see some in the winter and that is a concern, but this past summer was so hot. So I was also concerned about people right. with the temperatures getting high. And um, this is the emergency shelter that we're talking about right now. I also have other housing programs that Aid for Friends helps with to help them move from the homeless condition into uh, more stable housing. We can talk about that. So, okay. I'm sorry, but one of the trends that I've kind of noticed, at least, um, you know, uh, statewide, nationwide, is that the rise in the homeless population of people who are working, who have jobs, mm -hmm. but can't afford uh, the recent and drastic increases in housing and rentals and in buying a house. Are you seeing that same type of thing, um, both in your emergency shelter and in your other continue, uh, continuum of care programs? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, it is one of our biggest community as well as state and nationwide issue we have right now. Um, low income families have been completely put off the uh, the market, they can't find housing that they can afford, mm -hmm. available, affordable income. So uh, 
we do have people that are at the shelter that have jobs. <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. And they just um, can't find housing. So yeah. they've done everything they should do to help stabilize themselves. They've come to Aid for Friends. We give them case management. We try to give them the resources and there's no housing. Mm. So I don't know how that's going to look this fall and this winter. Um, we normally have a 90 day limit on their stay time. And um, I'm not sure how that's going to impact because they can't find housing, uh, how we're going to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have COVID. Right, so, right. Can right. I talk about that for a minute? So no, yes, I yeah, that, please we, do. We were going to lead into that at some point. <laughs> can I go there now? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Um, we have this brand new facility. It accommodates over twice what we had before, and yet we have COVID. And back in, oh, April, May, June, time frame right before we opened, I thought we were going to get through this and that we'd be on the other side. Um, but COVID is very much uh, a threat in our community and congregate communal living hmm. is the biggest area where you're going to have the contagious conditions. So through the help, and I'm so grateful to the Pocatello Free Clinic, Dr. Georgia Milan and her team, and Southeast uh, Public Health. We have developed COVID protocols. Um, we're not gonna fill up the shelter. We have staggered uh, sleeping arrangements. They're primarily bunk beds. So one's on the top over here, one's on the bottom on the other one. So we're staggering it. And um, they've trained us so that we can do testing on site. Oh, very good. Every person that comes in gets tested. Every unvaccinated person gets tested weekly. And um, anyone that has symptoms will test the swab test, the antigen. And we've also sectioned off an area. We haven't had to use it, um, but a quarantine area in case somebody oh, okay. is sick. Right. And, you know, you can't just kick them out if they're sick, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. What do we do? Exactly. And at the old shelter, we could have only kept maybe four people safely yeah. on each floor. Wow. That wasn't that was not what our shelters intended for. Oh, now wow. we could still potentially house uh, 40, 50 people. Very cool. So, and that still is a reduction in your overall capacity, though, correct? On the new facility, it is. It's yeah. a reduction on what our. But it's better I than. We don't reach for years capacity. Right. But um, right. who right. knows what will happen in the next so, few years. BJ, could you just uh, define to me um, what what is an emergency? Because you said this is an emergency facility. What is that defines an emergency? Um, it is when somebody has found themselves without a safe accommodation to live. Um, they're staying in a vehicle out, out in a place that's not meant for habitation. Um, and they have no other resources. This is the one thing that I think is a common thread with people that come to our shelter. 
they don't have any support system in place. So when a tr something happens, they lose a job, they get sick. There's all kinds of factors that can bring on that homeless condition, but they have nothing to fall back on except for the support from Aid for Friends, which is great. You know, that's what we're there for, for people without any resources. And resources also means lack of, of um, secured income. Um, they're not able to stay in a motel. They can't stay with friends. So that is for us, we call it emergency, um, but it, it's a homeless shelter mm -hmm. uh, for those with, without any other support or resources. Uh, you also mentioned that the duration is a maximum of 90 days. Is that uh -huh. correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you have some, uh, let's say, partners that you work with to try to um, move, you know, to try to accommodate them for something beyond the 90 days? We do work really well with uh, our community partners. Aid for Friends has other programs. We are also the access point for our region. So HUD has required that anyone seeking HUD assistance get assessed to see if they're even eligible for HUD funding. So that's our first step. And then we have um, a, a variety of programs, housing programs with financial assistance. So people could go get a place and help with deposit, help with utilities, help with rent for a period of time till they stabilize. That re also requires that we work with other um, community partners, other housing providers and other landlords in our community. And then we have another program with 11 units for chronically homeless with disabling conditions. And they can stay indefinitely in those housing units. Um, they're the hardest population to keep housed and HUD wants to invest by providing that kind of permanent supportive housing for those uh, families and individuals. So, I, you know, I guess just on that, to kind of jump off that conversation for just a second, um, you, you said that, you know, Aid for, Aid for Friends started 1983, 1984. So 27 years ago. Um, and in that 27 years ago, it sounds like you guys have uh, really established relationships um, with a lot of different parts of our community to address that need. I, I think that um, that says a lot about not only the commitment of aid for friends and those, but it says something about the community too, that they're willing to come together and kind of support this. And I want to talk about that. First, I want to correct you. I just did my math. We've been around 37 years. Oh, I've missed it. Uh, you're right. I think you said I missed it. I missed a decade. No, no, no. no. Uh, First of all, when it comes years. to when it comes to math, I am not the person who should speak numbers. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, okay. If you if you're on the podcast, she just held up a calculator. She didn't yeah. say it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna expose your secret. There okay. you go. <laughs> Old-fashioned calculator. It works every time. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I want to share one of our biggest and best 
it's not a secret, but one of our biggest resources here in Southeast Idaho, I believe we have a couple of great coalitions and the Homeless and Housing Coalition of Southeast Idaho is exactly what you were talking about with our partners coming together. That is specifically to, to look at and address issues of housing in our community and our homeless situation. We probably have 20 to 25 active agencies and partners and uh, city and Bannock County. So we have different entities, the school district, uh, all involved in that. And another great organization is the Community Service Council that looks at the services that are that Pocatello primarily provides also. But those, we are champions and I'm very proud of our ability to collaborate in this community. It really is a statewide, our region does a phenomenal job of working together with each other and uplifting and not duplicating resources, but utilizing each other. I'm very, very proud of all of our agencies. Very good. And kind of, and, and then moving off that just a little bit, I mean, we're coming soon to the season. Um, do you guys have any big upcoming events or any other, uh, and I guess overall, generally speaking, maybe if someone is hearing about Aid for Friends and they're inspired to help you guys um, do what you've been doing for 37 years, Thank you. which is address this significant problem as it's getting worse in our society, um, how can they help you? What are some things they can do? And um, you know, what's the best way for them to, to help you do what you do so well? Um, we can always use financial support. Yeah. Right now, we have a lot of items that have been donated to support the new facility. Um, they can go online at Just Serve if they want to buy a specific uh, item. A cake pan or, uh, you know, something in the kitchen or in the, for the bathroom. So there's that avenue. Anytime they want, we have a wish list. We also have our website and it has a donate button. It also has our wish list. Um, this December, we are going to have in some form, depending on COVID, some form or fashion, our 15th annual encampment. Um, and that's one of our uh, signature fundraising events. It'll be December 4th and 5th. Uh, we have people volunteer and participate to sleep in cardboard boxes out at Caldwell Park. And then they go and get pledges from people to support them to spend the night in a cardboard box. We have uh, winter survival training. We've got a new can uh, canteen so people can get fed. We have meals available, kind of a soup line kitchen. Um, the Boy Scout troop has done that for us for years, 315. Anyway, um, and so we do a lot of that fundraising and it can raise 15 to 20,000. Oh, wow, wow. And wow. then if you want to be easy, 
Um, online, we have a statewide online campaign called Avenues for Hope, where we're one of the participating agencies. That starts December 9th through the 31st. The beauty about that is a lot of our partners are also uh, highlighted and have a page on that, um, on that fundraising campaign. So you can go and contribute to several different organizations. And we, we really appreciate that support uh, through the Avenues for Hope in December also. Very good. And so go to our website and hit the donate button. The, and that's what I wanna ask. So you've mentioned a couple, uh, a couple sites. You said uh, justserve.org, correct? Yes. And then you mentioned avenuesforhope.org or? Just type in avenues, avenues for, hope for hope and it'll come up with a campaign. And if somebody wants to reach out to you directly, and am I assuming too much that people can volunteer to help too with some of the things that you're doing uh, in addition to financial support? Let's go back to financial support. They can also, if the, the good old fashioned way of sending a check, PO box 4233, Pocatello, Idaho, 83205. Okay. So um, I love checks and, and it works well for me and there's no fees attached. So um, for volunteering, <laughs> the best thing they can do is call our office. Um, there's different ways to volunteer. We need to hear what's your interest. Gotcha. What are you able to do? Is it once a week? Is it a one-time shot? Um, do you have a group? So those are things we wanna take into consideration. Um, we don't have a facility or our organization's not set up for just walk-in. I wanna volunteer today, like the Idaho Food Bank or other organizations. You can just say, I'm in the mood, I'll go there. But we have to actually plan ahead and utilize that volunteer hours to the best we can. And so if it's, you know, I wanna do something once a week, then we can get into that rhythm of knowing you're gonna show up and maybe help out at the reception desk. Uh, also at our shelter, by the way, very, very important. Anyone that would like to can sign up and prepare a meal um, for that night. And all they have to do is either do it with a family, they can do it with a group, they can do it with a congregation, they can do it through a business, get four or five people and um, we will schedule you for a night. It can be a one time or you can do it once a month, um, whatever works out for you. And that also can be uh, scheduled through Just Serve. Or you can call Tammy Moore at 208-232-5669. Very good. That's so, a great way to help. It's best, we love it if you can bring your own food. If you can't, we will get the food out of the freezer and get it ready for you to prepare. Very good, very good. So uh, just to remind our listeners, what we'll do is in the descriptions, uh, wherever we'll post this, we'll we'll put in those phone numbers and websites. 
um, and list uh, any numbers that BJ you would like people to be able to contact you. So, yeah, unfortunately, I them off a lot. yeah, that's the, yeah, you're better at phone numbers than I am. Trust me, you're about to find out. Um, now, with that being said, we, 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 our timer went off. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No I, I told you it, 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 it's a horrible 20 minutes. I mean, yeah. goes by so fast when we're having great conversations. Um, but with that being said, uh, BJ, first of all, thank you for being on the show. We will make sure that those contact, uh, uh, those ways that people can reach out to you and ask for, uh, donate help, donate money. Um, and, uh, and I do want to emphasize again, um, you know, if you aren't aware of what's going on in Southeast Idaho, in the entire state, um, and nationwide, please be aware that, um, you know, homelessness is becoming more and more an issue. And it isn't the guys jumping off trains. It, it is people who are working hard, have full-time jobs and are, st- and are getting priced out of the housing market, um, rental market, uh, per, um, you know, purchasing market altogether. And so um, it's, you know, as a community, it, it, we could, u- I'm sure you guys could use all the help you can get in helping to address this um, burgeoning um, and I don't want to use the word crisis, but it's getting there. It's getting it close. So it is. it is a crisis. With that being said, thank you, Paul. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, if you have any questions for us here at Sweet, you know how to get a hold of us uh, at cetrain.isu.edu. That is cetrain.isu.edu. You can call us at 208-282-3372. I did it. Ooh, I did, did it. it. You're, I, I messed it up last podcast. Um, but again, uh, thank you for being on the show. Yes, my thank pleasure. You so much, thank you for BJ, the really. invitation.